This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast preview show. Yes, we are back. It is the new season, or it will be very shortly. And of course, I am Stamford Chidge, and uh, I have summered well. Not long enough, but I have summered well. Uh, and there's a little part of me which I need to locate somewhere that's really looking forward to the new football season. I, th- I said that so believably, didn't I? Uh, anyway, enough about me. Uh, as always, I have literally tonight, I have Superman with me. I've got my shirt on, got uh, my Superman top on. How are you, and love? It's, not, it's the bizarro one. It's when he goes into the red kryptonite and it creates a version of him that's not super. It's exactly purple. Mad. Yeah, purple one. Is that yeah, the no. key? To it? Sorry, I've, I've suddenly we're in a world of sci-fi that I don't really want to explain. Yeah. Um, so. I've seen you a fair bit over the summer, much to my delight. Um, yeah, you've been sweet, Chid. Yeah, so yeah. it's always Everybody, lovely. Chid has been lovely. We've been doing these for, for these fifty uh, fifty years of Chelsea, and uh, and uh, I've I've been my hatred of Ranieri has got. <laughs> Worse and worse. We've done the Ranieri years, haven't we? Done, yeah, Ranieri years. You, you've, you, you've kind of been in. You've kind of been in your own like pre-season training for the fan cast by getting your grumpy head on early. Oh, it's been great. God, I've been You're so on grumpy. seriously grumpy form. I forgot to say, by the way, that of course that Ranieri. The reason Ranieri apparently made those ridiculous choices in the Monaco semi-final was because he'd known that um, the club was seeing Mourinho. And he wanted to prove to the club that he could win a first leg yeah. by four goals. Yeah, and that's why he selected all these. If, that, that, what do you want? Well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to cut this bit out and stick yeah, it into the show that I haven't edited this yet? Bit in, could you? I'll, I'll probably forgot, have to do that. Actually, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's the first preview show of the season. Obviously, who have we got on the first preview show of the season? J.K. I don't know. I haven't got my glasses. Okay, on. just yeah, guess but, then. I, I guess um, uh, Dean. Dean Mears. No. no um, no, uh, Dwayne. You get three uh, no, guesses. Begins with, oh, begins with D. It does begin um, with D. Uh, which charm, personality, good looks? Uh, no, it's not him. 
um who is it um uh no it's the it's the it's the excellent reasoned um uh, uh, clever um chelsea supporters trust icon it is of course mr dan silver uh, very kind words you go a long way to top that throughout the season thank you very much good to be, good to be back good to be talking that's about that's a tenner you owe me it's a tenner i'll just do a rolling you know Okay. Because we're American, I've then made the money. Ooh. Ooh. Have you have you summered well, Dan? I've summered very well. It's good. nice not to have to worry about football for seven, eight weeks. Yeah. That's been good. Good man. Lovely to have good. you back in the fold as always. And uh, we always have a a, a journalist, uh, or as uh, Stan Collymore used to say, journalista, journalista. Who have we got on tonight? Um, uh, he, he was on most of the shows last year, Thank and we God had to be- beat him off with a shitty stick, didn't we? <laughs> But, you know, and here he is again. Can't get away from this. You can't is, say course, that. <laughs> it is, of course, the completely excellent um, and uh, um, coherent and expresses himself wonderfully. And I, I just um, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of his creativity and wrote a whole series of fabulous articles last year about the club. It is, of course, Adam Newsom. There we go. Thank you, James. Whoop, 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 whoop. Hope we can keep up our bit though of, of me always being on here. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you've seen the schedule, mate, and I haven't heard from Liam, so <laughs> be warned. Uh, but that is not unusual to not hear from Liam until about five to seven on a Friday, to be honest. So you know, that's true. But uh, we we always we love having you on, uh, Adam. You are you are very 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 much part of the. Uh, the Chelsea fancast family, uh, even, 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 and notwithstanding that I am no longer part of the football London family, but the less we say about that, the better. Uh, but uh, anyway, moving swiftly along. Um, actually, you know, because this is kind of the Chelsea news bit anyway. Um, obviously, we haven't played any games, so there's no point looking back at last week's game. So actually, it gives us a massively brilliant opportunity to have a proper chat with Adam about. Uh, what he got paid to do over the summer while we were sitting on our asses ignoring the football. Uh, and Adam, I know, and I mean, I say this with feeling actually, because, you know, I might be a miserable old curmudgeon during the summer, but I, I, I went on a, 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 a Chelsea, you know, USA tour back in 2009 when you were still at school I expect but anyway I went I went in 2009 to LA I happened to be working out there or I can't remember now maybe Roban just said Chidge you got to come over man so I said all right uh, so I actually do have a lot of um, love for them and I think they can be really really a lot of fun I had a superb amount of fun when I went so I'm not as quite as curmudgeonly about it as I might like to tell people but I know you were lucky enough to be there covering it for football.london so uh, how was the tour? It was good. It was good. Um, it was busy from a work perspective, obviously. Um, given the cost of actually having to get out there, that was always going to be the case. I was always going to be worked hard. Um, but from a perspective of Chelsea, um, it probably didn't go as as they would have exactly hoped. Um, you mean they, they didn't sell enough shirts or something? Well, I have to say, just on that part, in the attendance at the games was very strong across the board. Um, I think there was almost 50,000 in Vegas, 50,000 plus in Charlotte, and, and again, a big crowd in Orlando. Um, so from that perspective, it was great. From the sort of commercial link up with the, the LA Dodgers, which I'm sure we're going to see more of in the years to come, uh, Chelsea managed to get some of that done because they were based in LA for five days at the very beginning of the tour. Um and that was kind of the first week of the tour was all based in LA. And I think that was 
a very successful part, uh, apart from the fact that Tuchel apparently didn't like the pitch they were playing on. But that notwithstanding, um, they were based in one location. The weather was bizarrely cooler there than it was here at that point. So that was quite enjoyable for me to miss out on this heat wave that we had in the UK. But for the players, it was it was good. Um, and then they left LA and they went to a lot of different places. And I think at that point is probably where things maybe lost their way a little bit on the tour because they flew to Vegas on the Friday, then they flew to Orlando. Um, they played the game in Vegas and they flew to Orlando on the Sunday and they were back on the road again for Charlotte, back to Orlando. And I think that second week became a bit of a drag for everybody. Um, partly because Orlando in the summer isn't a place where you want to spend a lot of time outdoors, uh, if you can help it, because it's very hot and it's very humid. And if you're these professional athletes, of course, you're, you're very um, attuned to sort of pushing yourself. But having to do that in, in a really hot temperature and really in a humid environment, it's not enjoyable, um, especially when you're doing double sessions. You're having to do a lot of running. And I think by the end of the tour, there was just a, a certain amount of weariness among the players. And maybe that manifested itself in the Arsenal performance, because if you if you didn't watch it, if you did watch it, I mean, it, it was dreadful. Um, Chelsea could have lost that game by more. And I think there was very much a feeling of let's get back to Cobham, please get back to a non-muggy climate and actually let's do our work there because we've done what we've needed to do here and, and we're tired of it now. It's a really good point, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I, we all say, you know, most of us who've been around the block for a while have always said that that you know preseason matches are about getting fitness into the players, and of course now modern day preseason tours are about getting money into the bank and you know marketing and branding and all of that exercise. So I've never really taken much, you know, stall by by what happens in a preseason match. Um, but, uh, I mean, some of the results were shocking. I mean, knowing JK and Dan, they probably did watch some of the matches. I mean, what did you have to think of? No, Dan's shaking his head, looking at me like, are you sure? Are you mad? Why would I do that, he's saying? I watched the highlights, but I felt that um, uh, this seemed more of a kind of fitness experiment because when you change the whole of the 11 players for yeah. a second half, it becomes meaningless to me if if it's... If it's competitive and you have about four or five substitutes, fair enough. But when when you just change the team completely and they're all players that we never thought we'd see again, uh, who are shouldn't be at the club anymore and we've assessed um, don't need to be reassessed, uh, it was really confusing for me. And I don't understand why they all got taken to the tour when Conte, for example... Um, didn't any all the players he didn't doesn't want to have anything to do with anymore. He just left them behind. It just that seems, you know, it's a bit ruthless, but it's the kind of thing you you would do. I'd have thought it just overcomplicates it. And I think I don't think Tuchel was very happy with that either. I don't. I don't whether you think that was the he didn't really want to have all these people that uh, um, he, he clearly hasn't ha had them training with them. You know, he didn't want to have Bat Shui back again, surely. Did he? Is he reassessing again? Didn't want to have Bakayoko back. He didn't want to have. Does he want to keep? reassessing these players that surely he's worked out aren't a part of the picture, surely. Well, this is a strange thing because it's been difficult to get a clear answer as to who has brought these guys along on the tour. Um, Tuchel was asked about it midway through the tour because the decision was taken to send um, Billy Gilmore, Tino Andrew in. 
and Harvey Veld to the dev uh, the dev squad, which had flown out to the US as well. And and you look at those three players and go, right, okay, yeah, maybe maybe not having a first team role this season, Gilmore, Andrin, and Vell, but at least they're young guys who maybe down the line have a role at, at Chelsea. But they were sent away, and the likes of Barkley, the likes of Kennedy, Batshuayi were kept on, and now. That is a fundamentally a decision taken by the coaching staff. So that is a typical decision. Why? It's not clear. I mean, he was asked and he sort of said, well, we wanted to keep the level in training high. Uh, we, we know about Andrian, we know about Bell, we know about Gilmore. And, but it still isn't clear exactly what Tuchel felt was the great benefit of having these guys along. Yes, of course, you need a certain amount of players in certain positions and it didn't help I guess that Armando Breuer got an injury quite early on after joining the group late um, and I went back to, to the UK but personally I always think well surely there's an academy younger a younger player you could bring along and give that experience to like uh, whoever it is a Mason uh, Brewster a uh, 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 Jude Bell that there are guys in the academy you could always take if you want to and give these guys opportunity. Yes, it's pre-season, but give them 20 minutes yeah. rather than prolonging the Michi Bacuai experience, Russell, um, because there's not going to be a surprise third act in the Michi Bacuai experience. It's we Wolves, know what... apparently, isn't it? Wolves, according to the rumour mill. That is the, the latest, well, yeah, and well, they do need a striker, so there is maybe an element of truth to that. But... We'll, 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 all, we'll, all, we'll carry him if we have to. Dan? <laughs> Yeah, I just think, well, two, two points. Firstly, pre-season, just about fitness results, just mean absolutely nothing. I think also part of the reason, because Loftus-Cheek and Kante didn't travel because of vaccine standards. That's probably, you know, had we been somewhere else, maybe two or three players would have gone on the tour anyway, just to make up numbers. I know what you're saying about, you know, first-team players and so on, but I think, you know, losing those two didn't help the situation. But it's just, it's just people getting so mad about losing to Arsenal on a friendly Really couldn't give a shit. Yeah. It's a friendly. I think, I think means nothing. The fact Thomas Tuchel came out though after that game and was so fatalistic about oh. things was the issue. Like, yes, of course you don't ever want to lose four 0 to Arsenal, but when you've got Tuchel doing the post match and saying, "Well, you know, we've got players who don't want to be here playing. We've, you know, the issues with the attack. Well, they're the same players as last year. So what do you expect?" Uh, are you going to be Danny ready for Everton? Say, wasn't are you going to be ready for Everton? Oh, I can't guarantee that. And it's like, okay, yes, it is a pre-season game, and that does have to be obviously taken into consideration. But Tuchel's sort of attitude to it was bizarrely strong. In in that case, if if you're just looking at Arsenal as a fitness exercise, Tuchel's reaction to it well, was very strong. I can answer that, and I know that Dan wants to come in. I'll bring you straight back in, Dan. Um, we've all seen how shit the likes of Batshuayi at all are uh, at first hand for a long time but Tuchel probably hasn't so given that I can understand why Tuchel was massively pissed off but there you go Dan yeah it's also what people seem to forgetting is we, you know, we're so far behind the line because the sanctions that we really really started looking for players well, in May so really with three months into new ownership Marina's gone yeah. Czech's gone we're literally back at ground zero for this football club so it's going to be a bit of a a mishmash. Tuchel's still got to learn, you know, who he wants, who he doesn't want. So listen, this is Chelsea. We're still pretty shit house. On, on on that point, and I'm going to go into transfers now, J.K. But no, uh, well, that's I, what I was going to say. Well, I would, quick, wondered if he was pissed off by the fact that nothing is happening. Well, I don't. Way. I don't think that that's the case. And I was about to. I, I I know I framed this transfers what transfers, but that was slightly ironic because actually, you know, we've brought in <laughs> Ryan Sterling for fifty million. 
Kalidou Koulibaly for 34 million, Gabriel Slanina for 8 million, Carney Chuka, well, I'm just going to call him Chumbawamba like everybody else. Call him Chuck. 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 Yeah, we'll call him Chuck. Carney Chuck. That's much more American and in keeping with our ownership. Or maybe Chuck Carney. Chuck Chuck Carney. Carney. Yeah, Chuck Carney. That's a proper American name, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Chuck Carney for 20 million. Uh, And then Eddie Beach, Omari, Hutchinson have been brought in as kind of youth players. And of course, I like this on on transfer. Uh, They actually included Conor Gallagher and Armando Brogia. And actually, there's a there's I think there's a logic to that that they could be like new players. So, you know, at, at, I mean, out have gone Romelu Lukaku, Rudiger, Christensen, and, J- and Jay Clark, Salter, as we know. I mean, I have to be honest, Adam, and say, you know, they've spent what eighty four, uh, ninety two million quid on three players. Um, given the uh, fi- we, we don't really know what the financial constraints or otherwise are with Bowley yet, but that's not an insignificant sum of money. Um, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, you know, I don't think that's bad, mate. I'll be honest with you. But what's all the fuss about? Are you trying to explain it to some silly old git who doesn't get it? <laughs> Part of it is there's obviously this bizarre fixation with transfers, first and foremost. And people love transfers because it's like having a shiny new toy. Um, secondly, I. I think part of it is that Chelsea's approach to this transfer window has been very bizarre and it seems to be getting increasingly more bizarre as it goes on with a new name linked pretty much every single day, which from my perspective is absolutely exhausting because then you have to go out and try and find if there's actually any substance to these. Um, yeah, but who's but creating these links, Adam? Who, do, who creates the link? Agents will, clubs will put stuff out to try and generate interest. Okay. I mean, it's a it's its own ecosystem. But I think from my perspective, looking at it, is that I, yes, Chelsea need defenders and they're trying to get defenders. But there's no semblance of an actual plan beyond, well, we need some players, so let's try and sign some. Like they suddenly they're popping up with, oh, with, they're trying to get Frankie de Jong, a midfielder. They're interested in a forward. They're now interested in a wing back. It's it's like okay, what's the actual plan? Like, how are we building this team? Because if you sign players this summer, you have to then think about the impact that maybe has next summer. And I think that's probably where people have got a bit confused because there doesn't seem to be a clear actual approach to it. Um, and maybe that, as, as Dan says, maybe that was an inevitability. You you lose Marina, you lose Czech, you lose the sort of structure that's been in place for a long time and you bring in and, and Todd Bowley takes on this interim sporting director role without that experience, then maybe it is going to end up in this situation. But um, but yeah, it, I think Chelsea have got an absolute stack of work still to get through before the transfer window well, closes. Adam, I mean, I I think that Sterling, Koulibaly and maybe even Slanina certainly... Slanina's Car- going back to Chicago. Yeah, fire. but okay, yeah, but he's you know maybe that he's one for the future. But so I mean, Chuck, Chuck Carney. I mean, a lot of lot of clubs were after him. A lot of big clubs were after him. But he's also, it- what I love was that nobody nobody mentioned him. He wasn't mentioned by any ITK in the no person on the internet no, at all. Absolutely, he's suddenly, I love that. He suddenly appeared. Yeah, absolutely right. But Adam, Adam, I mean, do you think those are good signings? I think those are good signings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a, no, yeah. On on the actual who's been brought in, Raheem Sterling's brilliant signing. Um, yes, he misses chances, but he's going to add so much. Well, he'll fit in very well at Chelsea then. <laughs> but, but doesn't but doesn't it speak volumes about the way that? Tuchel wants to play if he's got Sterling, if he uses Sterling as the striker, 
and perhaps Havertz as a, a may not get in. I don't know, or if perhaps he's the winger. It, in the in that it, it it's it's still there isn't a it makes you real appreciate how ridiculous Lukaku was last season. If suddenly you know the the preferred player that Tuchel has got is a is a winger who's a striker essentially. So did it's any, that pattern of play that he's after. You know. Did so. any of you guys watch the Udinese game last Friday? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Bits we, of it. We were recording the show at the time, and I was bored, so I watched the. No, no. So I, I was watching. The, I was multitasking. <laughs> multitasking. I think that you saw there, like the the the, the idea Tuchel has. It was it was Kai uh, Sterling and Mount, and it was very fluid, very interchangeable. Everyone moving into different yeah, places. Liverpool Mark Two. That, that makes it, sense. It was, that makes great sense from yeah, from the was, way the patterns of play are. You know. So. Yeah. It was almost like he, like as you say, J.K. Look, we tried the Lukaku thing last year didn't work at all let's go back to what what was more the plan in his first six months at Chelsea when he had Werner Havertz and um, and it was a similar thing so I think Sterling is going to be an upgrade on on Timo Werner in that interchangeable <laughs> Mate, role. I would be an upgrade on uh, Timo yeah, Werner. yeah yeah my, my left bollock would be an upgrade yeah I was waiting for JK um I've lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> shit. I'm not surprised. <laughs> my, left image, yeah. my, left, yeah. my left bollock we were talking <laughs> about. Yeah, Adam. Kelly de Koulibaly is a, is a very good signing. Obviously, yes, he's 31. But I think you'd look at Thiago Silva and go, well, if you're a quality defender, you're a quality defender. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, we got the chance to speak to him yesterday uh, at a press conference. And he was hugely, hugely impressive. Um, very, very softly spoken, but very, uh, sort of had real conviction behind what he said. Um, so those two signings, brilliant. Chukwomenka is is very much going to be one, I think, for the future, but also you would like to think anyway, given the money they've spent, someone who does get some first team minutes. Um, and it's looking like Mark Cucurella will be coming from Brighton. That deal is agreed, despite Brighton saying it's not for reasons I don't quite understand. Yeah, but, Brighton made a statement, didn't they? On which, uh, on the yeah, internet, I mean, there's I've been, been no conversation between the two clubs. You thought, well, on a second, surely there. I, I, I mean, I look, I've been, I'm very hesitant because this transfer window has been a bit nuts. But I've been reassured today that it is done. There is, a, there's a deal agreed, and Mark Cucurella didn't train with the Brighton first team today, which you don't really do if he's a very, very good player, very good. He's a very good player. He, I mean, it does mean that Chelsea now have, will have will have four left wing backs. Which is, so that, they'll, they'll get rid of some people, clearly. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be moving one, if not two on. Yeah. So, um, And then, yeah, there are players that Chelsea are looking at trying to get in. Frankie de Jong does have substance to it, which, again, you've got a lot of central midfielders, so maybe one or two go out there. Yeah. Have you any, um, any idea what the, the dinner with Barcelona was all about? That was that was essentially Bowley, because he's come into this cold, obviously. He's trying to build relationships, meet club presidents, meet sporting directors, meet agents, high-profile agents. It's, it's him trying to network, basically, so that down the line, things can, can actually be made easier. Um, so, yeah, Bowley's done a lot of travelling. There's been a lot of air miles for him this this uh, this summer. Um, and the, I guess, and, and sort of the other one is, is Wesley Fofana, Chelsea trying to get as well. Um, they are they are genuinely trying to push for that. So Chelsea could end up in this situation come the end of August, where suddenly you look at back at who they brought in and go, "Blimey, this yeah. was a bloody good transfer window." The process of getting there, yeah, that has to change yeah. because yeah. you can't just sort of be going around trolley dash. Yeah. But <laughs> it could end up being a quite a good window for Chelsea 
when it's all said and done in about three and a half weeks well, and then I finally actually you, try and relax. You know, I said earlier on that I, I, I think it's a nonsense that the, that the transfer window stays open for pretty much a month after we start kicking off. Dan, I'd love to hear what you think about the transfers. As I said, I'm, I'm quite positive about it. Adam seems fairly positive about it. Even JK seems fairly positive about it. What do, what do you think? Make the full set. I think Raheem Sterling is a fantastic signing for us. He's 27, peak of his career, a winner, fantastic mentality. England caps come out of his ears. He's going to be a really good asset for us. Team hasn't got many players with balls at the moment, and he's got balls. You know, he's he's just a really great signing to get him for was it 45 million? Mm-hmm. Terrific signing. Koulibaly has been absolutely superb in Syria for years and years. Another great signing. I think this is really positive. You know, oh, we didn't get George Kunde. Well, he didn't want to come to Chelsea. Fuck off. Don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who cares? You know, he's five foot 11. He's too short for centre-back. Yeah. You know, Nathan Naki. Any truth in that? I don't know. We didn't get him. Fuck off. I don't care. I worry about the players that are coming in, not the ones that are just all conjecture on, on social media. Kukreda comes in. Fantastic. Love his hair. <laughs> Much like I can borrow some. Just getting older. <laughs> <laughs> and if we get... And if, even if Aubameyang comes in. Aubameyang has a proven goal yeah. scorer. Yeah. He's worked with two court Dortmund. So even if it's a short term, look look what impact Giroud has. 33, had. though, 33. But well, look at Giroud. It doesn't really matter if he's... He also, he's apparently very difficult, but, you know, to... Well, two court work. Listen, all, but, all these yeah, pre-Bagonas but, are but difficult. He, 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 was, he was the... He was the. He scored so many goals for Borussia under Tuchel that you'd have thought he'd be the perfect yeah. person to get. Yeah. And Stop. you look at Definitely. players and swan songs. Olivier Giroud had a fantastic. Was he three yeah. years? Yeah. Came in one trophies. Yeah. He'll he'll get his goals. Definitely. He's got Premier League pedigree, and if he comes in short, listen, we have to get two or three players short term where we build this squad. That's what we're going to have to take because this squad is woefully shite because of some of the previous regime's dealings. The fact that Batshuayi still got contract. I mean, when. Where's what's his back of Yoko gone? See, where is he? He's still at Milan. He's in it. He's entering the second year of a, a loan. I'll see that. Yeah. But they, well, don't, but they, don't, they don't want him. They want to send him yeah. back, don't they? They don't want to keep him. Well, I, th- I think he was found in the, the carousel at Heathrow with a tag saying, Return to sender. Yeah. There you go. I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. You know, if you look, look at Spurs, Spurs have not bought any stars. They've bought functional players for Conte. Yeah. It's about getting players for the team. I think people are getting Spurs are great. Well, None of their players excite me. The big job that Burley faces in the next few weeks, in addition to getting maybe two or three more in, is to move on so many. There's, yeah. there's a lot of players that either don't want to be here anymore, are considering we, not being here anymore, we don't want to or, be just, there either. or yeah. just want to go. So well, I think that would be the challenge. Indeed. And I mean, I, I, as you know, Adam, the, the, I think one of the last pieces I wrote for you, you, you guys was that this is going to take three, four transfer windows. And actually, if you look at Klopp and Guardiola when they came into City and Liverpool and you look at them when, they, I think for Klopp, I said when they won the Champions League and Guardiola when he won his first league title, the three or four seasons that it took, you looked at the squads then compared to the ones they inherited and there were maybe three or four players in each of those squads that remained from their inheritance. So mm. we're we're in the same territory and I think it will take as long providing everything's stable. Um, on, on that point, actually, Adam, very quickly, because I, I do want you to have a quick chat about what you think about the, uh, the season about to uh, erupt. Um, do you think Chelsea's as, as much in crisis as, I dare I say it, the press and Twitter would have us all believe? In crisis, no, but I do think there are things to sort out, and it does go back to transfers. Mm. It does go back to bringing in two or three people that took all once. It does yeah. go back to moving out players who who don't want to be here. I mean, if you end up 
the Cesar Azpilicueta news today about him signing a two-year deal, a new two-year deal, did surprise me because all the noises we've heard this summer is that, that Azpi had felt that, understandably so, he's been here 10 years, he'd reached the end of the cycle, having won pretty much everything there is to win, it would be nice to go back to Spain. Lo and behold, signs a new two-year deal. Mm. But there are other players in this group. Marcus Alonso would like to go to Spain. Hakim Ziyech would probably like to go to Milan. Christian Pulisic isn't 100% happy with his role in the squad. Um, he can and, go and back are, to working for Hershey bars. There are, uh, <laughs> and then there are others, um, naturally, who would either you know want more football, who don't have a future. We've discussed some of them already. And the important thing is is try and get these guys out if they if they don't want to be here because the last thing you need as a head coach is a group with players who are not happy yeah. because then problems start. Um, so it, it's sort of a cover all, it, it's sort of a, not excuse, but rationale I have at the moment of, well, let's see where Chelsea are September the 1st. Let's see what situation the squad is. Let's see how Chelsea have started the season because I think there's, four games, five maybe, before yeah. the cancer window shuts. Let's see how Chelsea start because I have a massive paranoid fear in my head that Chelsea are going to start poorly and then they're going to go do something very stupid like San Cristiano Ronaldo. And yeah. that is my big fear. Um, well, that that leads us in quite nicely to... I mean, I bet I bet you every single one of you... Lot, I, I, I've been busy, so I haven't had my eyes over football.london today, but I know for you journos, it's all editors saying, you need to write a season preview for us. What's going to go up? So I'm going to ask you the question. I mean, how, how do you see it going for Chelsea this season? I mean, an impossible question to answer, but you know I have to ask it. I think top four. I think for me, top four. Um, I think that's what the the ownership have sort of set down as as the expectation. Um, obviously, compete in the cups as as Chelsea seem to be very competent at doing under Tuchel. A nice Champions League run again would be good. Um, but as you say, Chid, this is the first transfer window in a rebuilding process, um, and you want to go into next summer having Champions League football. I think that's so important for what Chelsea are trying to build to have that consistency in the Champions League again. And let's face it, there are six very good teams. I mean, if you maybe want to discount Man United at the moment, but there are six very good teams in the Premier League and only four Champions League positions. So that has to be the target every year, top four minimum, and then you see where you are. Um, I'm concerned about Tottenham and Conte just because we know what Conte can do when he's happy and focused. Um, Arsenal for for all of their issues. I mean, I think they've signed well and they look very strong. So I, I think it will be a battle, but I do think Chelsea will get top four as long as uh, as long as Tuchel gets what he wants in the next few weeks. Mm, okay, well, we will see. We're about to embark upon all of that. So we're, in a minute, we're going to start with the first match and we're going to start previewing the Everton versus Chelsea match. But uh, before we do that, we're going to have a quick break. Um, and we're going to say, Adam, an absolute delight to see your face again. And uh, I, I, I tell you what, mate, we, I mean, you know, you, you've been on a live pod with the bloody Londonese Blue Boys before you've had a beer with me. I mean, to say that I'm mortally hurt is an understatement. 
I know. I'm sorry. I I'm know. sorry. It was. It wasn't planned. It. It happened. It, it, it's just one of those things. We met. We met in a bar, and it went from there. Uh, well, I've. I've it always happens I'm, like that. I was going to yeah. say. I've had many a story. I've told is I met in a bar, and it happened like that, and then yeah. I end up in a gutter somewhere. But now, Adam, in all seriousness, it's really lovely to see you again. I look forward to seeing you a lot more on this show uh, over the season, and and I really look forward to having a beer with you at a game yeah. at some stage. Thank we must you. sort that out uh, sometime this season. So there you go. So as always, thank you for coming along. Uh, Adam Adam Newson from Football London. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the first preview show of the new season. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and as ever, I've got the in- inimitable Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be described as inimitable. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank Indeed. You. And the great thing about inimitable, I can change it to irritable, depending on how the show goes. I was just thinking of all the possible permutations. Yeah. Irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah that, but that, yeah. Irreducible. That could, that, that, that could be replaceable if you took yeah. the beginning of it. Inconceivable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I- irritating. Yeah, we'll, irrational. We'll, yeah, we'll stop there. We've, we've gone with the ibbles. We're not getting into the alls. Uh, we've also got the mighty Dan Silver with us for the first show of the season. So lovely to see you too, Dan. Good to be back. Looking forward to Saturday. Good stuff. Now, um, another thing that is back. I know this because I received one in the post today. I can prove it by holding it up to 
the these two because nobody else is watching. There we go. Uh, the new version of CFC UK has been landing on people's doorsteps around the world. Got Eddie McCready on the front. And that's Ted Bowley, mate. I know. It's Ted Bowley. Maybe it's Chuck Carney. Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. I don't know. It's a bloke with aviator Ray-Bans. It would be Todd Bowley. Uh, so there we go. So the new CFC UK is out. Um, they'll be on sale at Goodison Park on Saturday. They're also on sale at the CFC UK stall in Fulham Broadway, as you all know. Marco will be there, as always. A few of us are, on, are, are around on a match day. Uh, Dave and his little helpers will be selling them in Fulham Road. Arry up. It's only a pound. But you can subscribe and you can get it uh, in the post. And uh, to do that, I have to remember... Uh, the uh, words that I normally write for the show which of course is the first show of the season I've completely forgotten but luckily it's in uh, the issue that I'm holding up and it is um, £18 a year for subscription to a a proper copy as it were to land on your uh, doorstep so 18 quid for a year's uh, subscription you can also do it digitally um, and pay 17 quid and it it gets you know a PDF of the the entire fanzine gets uh, emailed to you uh, if you live in Europe, it's 40 quid uh, for a hard copy and the rest of the world is 56 quid. So if you want to get in on that and subscribe, you need to email fanzine at cfcuk.net. Uh, all the best Chelsea writers are there and me, as they say. So there you go. So get into that now. It's time for a little preview of the first match of the season, which, of course, is Everton versus Chelsea, an away match at a bogey ground. But we'll get into that in a minute. My team, we know, we always start with my team, don't we, uh, JK? So my team, yeah. my team is as follows. It is Mendy, and then it's three at the back, which would be Koulibaly, Silva, and Aspilicueta. Two in midfield, Conde and Jorginho. Wingbacks, Chilwell and James. And the three up front would be Sterling, Havertz and Mount. What say you, JK? Um, do you think he might um, he might play uh, Chalabar instead of uh, Dave? Nope. That's a good response. Thank you. <laughs> he, might, he might do. I, I don't happen to think so. Because I'm, I'm not as thrilled and overcome with bliss and joy by Dave still continuing as uh, as a player. Because I think he was um, a great spirit, spirit, though he has, and pluck and ability. I just think his pace is a bit doubtful. And um, uh, Chalabar is a, is a quicker defender um, and yet prone to an error. But um, so perhaps Dave will get the nod. I mean, what alternative is there? to dave dan well no dan dan isn't the alternative to dave <laughs> obviously but dan four three three i think he'll play um four three three four at the Jorginho, back uh cover kante three as you mentioned the back four be chilwell james uh silver and kk yeah which would obviate the need for aspie need for, need for aspie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I prefer that but i'm not sure he will or not i don't know what he's going to do might. i mean listen, ever, ever, my, you know ever, i'm i'm happy with the Kante Jorginho midfield i don't think there's a problem with that if they're both playing it there but i think Jorginho was a bit knackered lots of last season let's hope he's reason i'm saying 4433 everton got no strikers the cover is injured london's they've got so they're not going to be really attacking us that's why i think maybe he'll think well you know what they're going to try and get at least a draw so four three three. He could Mark. then change it, couldn't he? he? Could Danny could change it round mid-game if that happens as well if he starts with the yeah. I mean you 
Um, yes, is Chilwell, the, the theory that I've heard, whether this is once again a load of bollocks, is that um, Chilwell is not the player that he was before his injury. A load of bollocks. He's played two minutes of Premier League football and a few games in pre-season. Yeah. Plus the fact that, you know, Chukwe is an upgrade on both Emerson and Alonso. He can also play left centre-back. So he's, he's back well, in squad. Another player I never thought I'd Twitter. see him they, they about, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. One of you at a time, please. They keep talking about Emerson being, can play at centre-back. They, once again, the in-the-know people. And you go... In-the-know? Are they fucking serious? No, but indeed, you know, you just want to say, please, could we just not have anything to do with him? He's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly with Kennedy. But I I, I, I still think there'll be some left-field uh, choices. Yeah, I know, all right, well... Well, you know, we'll see. Danny, are you broadly in agreement with my team, apart from the fact you think 4-3-3, so Asby's yeah, out. Front, front three picks itself, the midfield two or three picks itself, and defence is just any... any, any uh, I don't know. I think you will go four, just based on the fact that Everson's got no strikers, and we don't need three defenders of the team with no strikers. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, this is... The I, hadn't, gr- I hadn't really finished, because all I did was talk about Dave in the midfield, so can I, well, yeah. can I have a bit more of a say? Thank yeah, you. if you don't interrupt... Oh, I'm being punished. No, being muted would be being punished. Oh! Dave on London is blue will be punished. <laughs> very naughty, but very funny. Yes. I love you boys, are joking? I know we are only joking. JK, JK, go on, mate. Uh, I agree with the three up front that you've chosen. Yields. That's exactly what um, I think they bought Sterling for. And as Adam was saying, and as I was saying, it's... It's the uh, it's just reverting to the way he wanted to play um, before Lukaku, and when Lukaku was out, he still attempted to play that way with just um, the three nippy players up front. Um, and it's been very intriguing to refer back again to the um, uh, the fifty years of Chelsea, how people who have long range shots into the roof of the net, such as the brilliant Hasselbank. And the, the the excellent good Johnson do not figure in any kind of structure of the way that Tuchel plays, because Tuchel is a, a modern, completely modern coach, and it's all to do with pressing and it's all to do with um, delivering the ball as soon as possible. And he has reverted to type completely by buying Sterling, and I am absolutely happy with it. Yeah, well, I mean, we we said, and Dan knows this; he was on enough shows last season, but we we said time and time and time again when we were moaning about Lukaku, is that, you know, what what Tuchel wants, he's a manager in the same mould as Klopp and, and Guardiola. He wants to play similarly with three wingers stroke strikers up front. And that that's, I think, in Sterling, he's got what he wants. I mean, he's actually got one of, one of the players from one of those teams. So, you it's, know, it, it's pretty bloody clear, isn't it? I think the real issue... I mean, I don't think there's going to be an issue up, up front, apart from if the fuckers can't score again. But um, I think the real issue, as Dan's alluded to already, is whether he really wants to play 4-3-3, which, of course, Liverpool do, or he sticks to 3-4-3, which, of course, he felt obliged to do because we couldn't defend. And, of course, the reality is is that uh, you've still got silver in in the central defence, who is not the quickest anymore. You've still sometimes got Aspilicueta if you play a three, who's not the quickest on the more. But the biggest issue, of course, is you've got Jorginho in midfield, who is certainly not the quickest. So the reason he plays three at the back with wing backs is to protect Jorginho and Silva. So if they're playing, that's why I think you've got three, four, three, as opposed to four, three, three, which leaves you more exposed uh, on the break, Dan. 
if you, if you go back to three midfield, you've got Kovacic in there as well. That makes a difference. That gives you more protection. Yeah. Because Kovacic, I think Kovacic is massively underrated to a point. I think he's such a very good footballer. But then you're playing with well. three horrendously defensive midfielders. Yeah, but Kovacic, more and more last season, was coming forward. He drives forward with the ball quite often. Yeah. He's not as defensive but, people make well, have you got Go on, go on. Kovo Kante sitting... So Kante, Georgina sitting, um, cover driving forward with the three three wide players, inverted strikers that they're called. Well, I, I, mate, I would rather see. I mean, you know, we've still got the same problem, and we okay, we don't know how it's going to pan out. Havertz, I think, needs a good season this season. Mm-hmm. You know, he he needs. I, I had him as our top scorer last season, if you remember on our predictions. He yeah. needs to deliver that. I think he's got the potential and capability to do that. Mount needs to get more goals than he got last season. He's capable of doing that. And he actually got, he was our second highest goal scorer last season anyway, Mount. Sterling, we know he can score goals. Uh, so maybe you'll get enough goals in the front three. But I worry hugely that a midfield of Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic, even though Kovacic gets forward a lot, where are the goals? I mean, he might get forward a lot. He can't score. I would much rather see... You know, I don't like having so many defensive players in midfield, but Kante... You rely on you rely on Chilwell yeah, and James. Kante or Jorginho, or, you know, if you're going to ha- have that, I'd bring a more creative midfielder in there. You know, Connor Gallagher, why not? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say Connor. Why Maybe do you Connor's have to have three defensive midfielders, you know? And you also think you can take, given his injury record, may not be assuming for every game anyway. No, it must happen in Cotton Wolf to a point. We will see. We yeah. will a see. Very good point. The Gallagher, the Gallagher choice is a very interesting one as to what because he's very much more uh, um, uh, box to box, isn't he? He's very much more getting forward. Yeah. So, but if you have the four three three, you would play what with Chilwell, Koulibaly, Silva, and James. Yeah. Would that mean that they were getting forward? As they normally are as wing backs, it wouldn't be the, the well, case. Maybe they're going to attack with a, like a, uh, a five or six. So they, they push forward and maybe Kanto or Gigi to drop back into Stop, the come back in their place. Yes, I get yeah. it. I get and it. not have to, you know, maybe just literally go 15 yards to the other side of the centre line. But yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Gallagher and Kovacic are main stays in the midfield by Christmas. Well, who knows? We will see. Now, listen, let's have a quick chat about Everton. I don't know much about what they did in pre-season. Funnily enough, I didn't... Did you watch Everton in pre-season? No, I didn't. But what I can tell you is that they beat Dynamo Kiev, they beat Blackpool away 4-2, and they they lost 4-0. Their their, um, overseas tour to, funnily enough, I think it was the States, was as bad as ours, if not worse. They lost 4-0 to Minnesota. Who loses 4-0 to Minnesota, I ask you? Uh, They lost 2-0 to Arsenal. Uh, and that was their, their their summer tour. Interestingly enough, their last Premier League match was against Arsenal when they lost 5-1. Uh, so there you go. So I wouldn't say their pre-season form was spectacularly good. Um, they've also really done very little in the transfer market. They brought in James Tarkovsky free from Burnley. Dwight good player. Mc- yeah, good, good player, player, but not a well-beater. They brought Dwight good. McNeil also from Burnley. Again, a good player, but not a well-beater. We don't know how much for there. And they've got Ruben Vinegre on loan from Sporting. The big thing, of course, is that they've lost uh, the son of a bitch you scored against us in the in the league match uh, back in May. They've lost Richarlson to Spurs for fifty-two million quid. So they've had a pretty—I mean, they've had a quieter transfer window. Nasty uh, cheating player. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm glad he's not playing against us for the obvious reason. They've also got loads of players out uh, for Saturday. If I just scroll down, 
Uh, will not play. Calvert-Lewin, he's got a knee injury. Coleman's got a groin injury. Rondon is suspended for a red card. Townsend's out with a knee injury. Begovic has got an ankle injury, so he's questionable. Whereas our only questionable is, well, this is interesting. When I read this on Flash Score and it said, uh, quest- Chelsea questionable, Timo Werner. I wondered if they were just talking about Timo Werner, but actually he's got a muscle injury, so he's possibly out. Um, so, you know, Everton have got a few problems ahead of this, I think. However, chappies, chappies, in the head-to-heads, we all know, we, we've been there enough times to know this, that bloody Everton away is probably a, the last place we want to be going for the first game of the season. They, have, they are officially our bogey team. Since the Premier League started, chaps, they've, Everton have won 10, lost 12. Uh, and I've got this the wrong way around, haven't I? I think we've won 10 lost 12 and drawn eight but we've lost nine of the last 13 games at goodison park in fact we lost one in 2017 where i think we won three nil um so dan everton officially our bogey team not historically no just a fairly bad well a a goodison park i should i guess recently yes we had quite a decent record up there and the last three times i've been there we got beat so they're just, they're just, you know, it's one of those old-fashioned grounds, and crowd get behind him, and but that little shit's gone. So that's, you know, more of a, you know, he's gone. He always, oh, Richardson's like their Costa, such a little shit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's one of those weird things. And Dwight McNeil won assists last year in thirty games. So it's not like he's a, he's a world beater. They've still got a tough season ahead of themselves. And I say brilliant players. They're going to really struggle. They only just beat relegation because there's three lot worse teams than them. It's a very different situation, Chidge, from last year when we played them because they were scrapping for relegation and they were aided by Kevin Friend's completely bizarre um, decisions in the second half. I played cricket the other day with the 1982 FA Cup linesman who's an umpire and he said to me, he said, I don't get, he's very like that, he said, I don't get, I don't get referees nowadays. He said they. He said they never apply the laws properly. He said that Pickford in that Chelsea game. He said he 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 should have been. He said it's 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 an indirect free kick if he wastes time. Why didn't Kevin Friend apply that? I said a man after my own heart. I said how lovely to speak to you about that exact thing. So it won't be that they're having to win at all costs. It uh, and they won't therefore. Um, it won't be shithousery in the whole of the second half if they get a goal. Or will it? Will. Will Frank decide that's the way to beat Chelsea again? Is to waste as much time as possible if they go a goal up and uh, excuse me and do exactly what um, we know he's capable of doing because he learned it from Mourinho. But uh, to me, I'm not convinced that that's the way they'll play. I think they'll they'll be more open because it's the first game of the season. Well, they haven't got the players to do that. They haven't got someone to nick a goal unless he sticks Deli Ali up front, who's hardly set the world like the last four years. They're going to really struggle to score goals. What normally happens at Everton is they get some kind of freak goal. They'll get yeah. some deflection or, a, you know, something that's offside or hits somebody or it's just somebody, you know, uh, Jorginho fails to trap the ball and lets them in or something or or Mandy kicks the ball straight out to one of their players. It's it's That's the kind of thing that I always feel happens at Goodison. Goodison, there is slightly that kind of sign over us. Well, you know, <laughs> JK, having said that, do you, do you think it's a good idea... Well, I'm not saying it's a good idea because we had no choice in it. But is it good to get, you know, what is traditionally or, or certainly in recent times a bogey match out of the way first? Yes, because it seems to always come at certain times when it, it's it's essential for them to mm. win, or or they've had a change of manager, or 
um, uh, they it, it's something has occurred. They bought somebody different or changed something. I just yeah, I think this is the perfect time to play them. Um, and I, I, I'm I, I suspect it'll just be a, a rather tame draw as a consequence. Mm. I mean, Dan, we've got. I think Chelsea traditionally have got a pretty good opening day record uh i mean in recent times but that's hardly surprising given how good we've been for the last 20 years listen to this everton are unbeaten in their opening premier league match in each of the last 10 seasons having won four and drawn six which is the longest ongoing top flight run how about those apples runs well, will come to an end at some point <laughs> you should be a manager mate <laughs> yeah yeah um it's a good time to play them because it's not going to be a cold miserable sort of february march afternoon in, in Merseyside. They've got no one. I keep saying that Everton are a poor side. Really poor side. We should really get us to make a statement really from the off, get at them, get over them and get get in a, if we get first goal, I think get games over. Because they ain't scoring on the weekend. Yeah, I think you're right about that. With with Calvert Lewin and Rondon and uh, Richarlison gone, I think that's that's good. JK, I mean I know this I know what the answer to this will be because I know you very well so it's almost like a stupid question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway, particularly given the kerfuffle that we've seen over the summer. But how important is it going to be to get the new season off to a win? Well, it's always important because it, it, it if you win, it's it, you're getting used to winning. And, and it also, from a media point of view, not that we should care about that, it'll settle everybody's nerves. But the... the um, I mean, what happened to Arsenal last season was they were dreadful at the beginning and everybody demanded Arteta's head. And slowly but surely, they got better, not where I should compare them to the arse. But the way things are at the moment, I would be very happy for us to, uh, with, with everything. I don't, Well, once again, I, I don't know who I'm responding to. I'm responding to the media, responding to the fact that the the, the fake media, the fake news, responding to the fact that the, the tour clearly didn't go very well. Um uh, but we seem to have made, as we've established, some decent signings. And I think the the defence will work very well indeed. Uh, and it's just a question of seeing how we work together to uh, in attack. So um, uh, I'm looking for a fluidity, which I think we'll have. And I, I think um, uh, a draw would be a kind of sane result. But I, I, that's me being very conservative. I think we'll go away and win, actually. And I think a win would be a very good way of starting the season off. Um, uh, just with it always is a good win is always a you know it sets everybody's sp- spirits up and then we've got home games following that and then we'll we'll uh, we'll attempt to uh, maintain a kind of level of competence won't we well, I, I I hope that if he if he feels that he's got the the attack going and they start scoring goals that um, it, everything will come together much more than it has over the last few seasons the difficulty has been scoring goals hasn't it if we if it if he's found if they work well together, the front three, and we start scoring goals, would have solved something. So, mm. agree with that, Dan. What about you, mate? This is a case of scoring the first, but then getting the second, so we kill the game off. Because last season, so often we get a goal up, and then we just couldn't kill the couldn't kill the game off. So it needs to be much more ruthless up front. Someone like Sterling, who's got that ruthless streak, will maybe make us do it. Because you know, we go two up against Everton first half. They're not coming back from that. We need to be ruthless. We need to be much more. They're selfish in front of goal. Mm. That's the issue. Last season, you know, we didn't we only lost six games, I think, but we drew so many games because we didn't kill teams off. Statement victory on the weekend, get a couple of goals, put the game to bed, and line up Spurs the following week. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, for me, you know, I'm with with Dan particularly on on the fact that Everton have got a problem up front with with their absentees, and they had a pretty dodgy uh, preseason too. Not that that's really necessarily an indicator of anything more serious, but uh, uh, you know, we've got a couple of debut proper debut players. They'll be keen to impress. We've got Ben Chilwell back, we reckon, so he will also be keen to get off to a good start. I mean, you know, first match of the season, all the players have got something to prove, obviously. Um, and I, I think we'll have too much for Everton. I mean, you know, the caveat being that we you, we can't, we just cannot stink the place out in terms of our finishing quite as much as we did last season. But you know, only we'll we'll only see that when the game kicks off tomorrow. But I'm, I'm feeling quite confident, and I'm going for three nil, a three nil win tomorrow because I think, uh, as, as Dan was saying, we get a goal up, we get a goal early. I think that uh, Everton's confidence will, will will sap out of them. The only fly in the ointment will be uh, Jordan Pickford if he has a worldy like he did actually. I think in that game we lost one nil. Uh, but let's hope oh, no, we a worldy and a and a lying on the ball wasting time. Yeah. Again. Well, I hey, think once again I think it's the way that sets Frank sets it up. Again. Yeah, I mean if Frank sets it up very competitively yeah. and very and um, very angrily, which is the way they played against us, with aggressively then it's not going to be simple. <coughs> they had a lot more to play for in that game, a lot more rest. No, I know they did completely, but nonetheless, if that's a, way that, well, that's a way that Frank thinks he can get at us, then let's. I, I, I predict that maybe if they snatch a goal, you bet they're going to be wasting time and doing oh, the same stuff. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> that, is, that is an issue, isn't it, with Frank, you know, knowing knowing a lot about the players that he's up against. But we'll see. I'm still I'm still sticking with three nil. I'm gonna go three nil. JK, are you well you're you're you coughing. Dan, what do you, you you gave me a yeah, prediction? I was, yeah, I was gonna say same three nil. Three nil um, for you. Sterling will get a goal. Yeah, three nil for you, three nil for well, you realise that Sterling got a hat trick on the opening day of the season in two thousand nineteen twenty. Uh, and he would be, I think, the first player to get two opening day hat tricks if he scored a hat trick. I don't think he's going to get a hat trick, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a goal. So yeah, I'm three nil. Dan's three nil. And J.K., sorry, what what are you mate? Um, I have a terrible fear it'll be a draw, but I think um, I'll go for two one. Two one to J.K. All right. Well, we will all find out tomorrow. Uh, safe travels to everybody going up there. Particularly J.K., you're going up, aren't you? Uh, I hope to try. Yes, Dan. Uh, no, not this weekend. Not, uh, not this game. It's my birthday on Friday, so uh, I'm, I have a weekend of birthday celebrations being organised by my dear, lovely wife. So uh, I obviously have uh, allotted a position in her schedule uh, to watch the football at half five on the TV, but I shall not be joining you up at Goodison Park, I'm afraid to so, say. But there you go. Uh, as I said, safe travels to everybody who is up there. Hopefully uh, we will be back on Monday to celebrate our first one of the season. Now, quickly before we do say goodbye... Uh, a very quick reminder that um, we do have a fantastic. It's not a fantasy football league as such, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a predictions league. So basically, you predict the score in every Premier League match every weekend, and you get points. Uh, you get points for every goal you get right, and the result of the match getting that right too. And you lose points for every goal you get wrong, and the result. Uh, something that J.K. was a specialist in last season in the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League. Yes. Uh I I was a bit like Arsenal. I started off absolutely shit was was actually keeping JK company at the bottom of the table for a lot of the season. And then I I went on a bit of a run and I ended up in about 30th. It's great fun. Lots of the fan casters are involved. In fact, Marco Worrell was is our champion. He's our reigning champion. He came third in the whole thing because we're in a mini league, which is the Chelsea Fancast mini league. 
Uh, but there are many mini leagues and, a, and an overall league. And Marco came third in the overall league. So he did very, very well. Uh, Martin's involved. Mark uh, uh, Meehan is involved. Dane, Dean, Tony's in there. Uh, we've got loads of people in there. So, uh, Dan, are you going to join us this year? I joined and paid and did it yesterday. Whoa. Right. Dan Silver's in there. So there's some real competition this year. Uh, we've, we've also got Kerry Dixon, mighty Kerry Dixon, Paul Cannibal, Pat Nevin's in. I'll try and recruit a few more notable people as well if I can. Um, so it's great fun. And we've got lots of people who listen to the show playing. We've got lots of people who are in our Patreon group and our Discord groups playing. We've even got our own Discord uh, you know, kind of thing, which is the Premier Prem Predictions League. So please go and join it. You, it is great fun. It really is. Uh, it's twenty quid. You pay twenty quid subs to join. Uh, and if you want to join, I have got. I have posted. We have. A, I have a blog on the website on the ChelseaFanCast.com website. But I've got a tweet out that I put out yesterday, which is Wednesday, which I will pin. So you just have to follow that link to find out how to become a new player. If you played last season, you just need to pay your subs to Chiro, and you will get back in. Uh, and the first game kicks off tomorrow is the Arsenal game, so you need to make sure you've got all your predictions in. Uh, well, certainly the Arsenal one in before uh, that kicks off Friday. Um, what else can I say? Yeah, I've got I've got this posted on the Patreon group, in the Discord group. It's on the ChelseaFanCast.com website, and I put it on Twitter. So you've got no excuse. Come and join in. It is ridiculous fun, and you win money if you know if you if you do well, you win money. And if you don't do well, and well, if you do do quite well, you might not win money, but you might win Scotch whiskey. So there you go. And if you don't pick it up, I get it. So make sure you win it and keep Chidge. it. Yes. Chidge, I never knew that you don't get points if you get the goals wrong. Yeah, you lose points. You get minus points. That's why you ended up on minus something last season. That's why I ended up bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I better reassess. Good stuff. Thank yeah. you for telling me. So don't go with mad predictions like 5-0 or something for somebody who's clearly not going to win 5-0. No, no, which I tended to do yeah. a lot of. Yeah. You end up getting yeah, minus yeah. forty odd points if you do that. Yeah. Every goal you get yeah, wrong. I've learnt my lesson. I've learnt my lesson now. Thank my, you. Minus three points every goal you get wrong, mate. Yeah. So there we go. Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to be. I'm going to be really conservative this year. I think J.K. could be our our uh, our, our what is it? Is it what do they call it? Um, Dark Bet, horse. Bet Noir. No, Dark. no, no. No. Screes. No, 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 that's right. Yeah. Cheval. Cheval, um, yeah, dark. Yeah, 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 dark horse. He could be our dark horse. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, let's hope that Chelsea are not dark horses this year, that they are the real deal and they go on and do us all proud. It's the new era starting on Saturday. I can't wait. I'm sure you lot can't as well. Uh, and uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk all about it for the main Chelsea Fancast show, the first main Chelsea Fancast show of the new season, with JK, of course, and the wonderful, superb, lovely Clayton Beerman. And that will be kicking off at 7pm. Uh, we'll obviously be doing that on Mixler as well. Uh, and as I said, we'll be looking back at the first match of the season against Everton. So there you go. Great to see you, Dan. Lovely to see you, mate. It's been way too... You know, because I've not been about much in the summer, so it's lovely to see you, mate. No, it's great to be back. I'm looking forward to the season. I'll see you next weekend. You will. Well, I, hey, listen, I did, at least, I did invite you to the cricket in Southampton, but you couldn't make it. No, no, I was, I was, I was in Portugal. I know. I we, we could have had a beer or ten there, which yeah. is a shame, but never mind. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you in the cock uh, a week on Sunday. Uh, JK, I've seen you all summer, which is delightful, but uh, I haven't seen you in the flesh, as it were. So I look forward to seeing you in the flesh. Uh, we, do we expect fan bite from you on Saturday evening? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, the masses will be very pleased about that, I'm sure. So there we go. Good to see you, JK. Well, I'm waiting for another. 
another i've got the the last time the everton game had sixty thousand hits so wow uh, i don't think we're gonna get that we're not gonna get that yeah. number because it was because i was um i was rude about the uh their second half performance you got there were mainly scousers yeah. that watched it weren't they Judging from the yeah, comments. They were, they, they were yeah, hardly anybody Chelsea watched it. But yeah. There we go. All right. Well, look, mate. Uh, the best one was, the best one was, this is a typical Tory, they said, yeah. not knowing my politics at all. Yeah, but anybody from London or sports Chelsea is a Tory because they're so fucking stupid. Anyway, enough of that. Mate, great to see you. Lovely to see you. Enjoy the weekend. I'm looking forward to your Lovely fan to bike. Thank you. Uh, Dan, great to see you. See you a week on Sunday. And Thank you, everybody, for listening and returning to us in the droves that you so obviously do. We will see you on Monday. Uh, until then, keep it blue, keep it carefully, keep it chills. Up the chills! Hey, you blue boys! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.